All right, hello. Welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. We are playing One Ring, second edition tonight, continuing our Waking of Angmar campaign, actually diving into another fellowship phase tonight, uh, which is fun. We just had a very lengthy adventuring phase uh, where, uh, man, it was rough. Uh, long, I don't want to alarm you. But there's somebody who is moving in and out of the wall behind you. It's, it's possible. A it's a floating head. It's possible <laughs> oh, no, you're it's about to be murdered by a wraith. <laughs> like, it really could happen. Uh, oh, no. No. Uh, Eric, give us more stupid comments, COVID-induced <laughs> or otherwise. Uh, those are always fun. Hope you feel better. Uh, Long, so we need to plan this appearance behind the wall for our Friday night games. This will be perfect for Hunter. Well, it fits here. We've got wraiths and... <laughs> Undead and stuff like that. Yeah. If you are murdered, we'll clip it so we'll have the evidence. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Priority number one, get the clip. Priority number two, send help. That's started. Well, start the a clip will be account. sent with the help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. So yeah, uh, yeah. The rules are pretty good, Eric. They're solid read. Uh, I don't think it's that hard a game, especially once you get into it. Like once you've played it a couple times, there's a couple little kind of tricky things in, in combat you have to kind of get used combat's probably the only thing that really is has like a, a significant departure from other games with how like targeting and stuff works but other than that game's pretty straightforward i think um all right so yeah we're doing fellowship phase tonight so let's uh let's do some character introductions why don't we do that so tell us who who you are who you're playing usual stuff how you feeling like you know, we just finished this up. This was long adventuring phase. It was grueling and brutal. Lots of, unfortunately, lots of people perished. Not you all, of course, uh, but others. Uh, so how is your character feeling in the, the wake of this, this, this rough adventuring phase? So we'll start with, uh, start with Floyd, as always. So long. Tell us about Floyd and what's on his mind. Yeah, Floyd, uh, dwarf of Duren's folk here, calling Treasure Hunter. This adventuring phase is a little stressful. Even though it was less combat heavy for me, it's been more of this awakening doom that's just been looming around. Yeah, but that's fair. The, yeah, the good thing about it, that's some treasure out of it, so that makes up for it. Yeah, we'll talk about that because we have both the you know the numerical kind that could potentially increase your standard of living, but we also have some fancy treasures. One of them that was lingering from the previous adventuring phase, Jill never uh, you know uh, identified it in a new one this time around. So maybe that'll be one of your undertakings. We'll see. Uh, okay, uh, and yeah, you um like you really weren't in that last fight with the uh, with the monster because you had gone like you had sort of helped other people out. And, like I think it was Arineal who raced in. So. Uh, so yeah, okay, uh, and they're also tricky combats too, because like a lot of them, have, you know, dealt with water and things like that, and trying to swim around. Uh, all right, next up, we've got Gilly Kettlegrass. Ashley, tell us about Gilly. Uh, I'm Gilly Kettlegrass, and I am our Bree Hobbit, and uh, she was wounded for quite a bit of the adventuring phase. Um, she she actually got bit. Uh, kind of horrifically, like uh, Gilly would have died if uh, Floyd didn't somehow get the attention of the Doom, and um, yeah. So in in the wake of this, I think uh, Gilly's kind of more her mortality has really been brought to the forefront, like because she she almost died, and so she's just really more. Close. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, she's more, uh, she's not as bright as she normally is. She's kind of like internalized things a little bit. She's been writing in her journal a lot more. Um, and, and yeah, and she's really sad about all the people that, um, perished along the way. Yeah. Quite a few actually. Uh, yeah. I mean, so not everyone you've met, obviously, like not everyone mm-hmm. had a, we didn't put a face to every single or a name to every single death, but there were, you know, a couple, there's probably about a half dozen Escardalians who passed. Uh, mm-hmm. And then there were quite a few uh, ranger folk, including one Saragdor and everything. So that young kid. Uh, and there were others as well. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of death uh, has befallen uh, Lake Evendim of, uh, of late. Uh, it's kind of rough. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. I like the idea of like you're getting like like, it, it, like you're it's like sort of you were that close to death. You really were like it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was not hard to hit you. <laughs> like too, no. Even though you're kind of stealthy and sneaky and small, but like I could have taken you out. Well, and I was wounded and weary. So like even my stealth and stuff, I just I was rolling logs. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next up, we've got uh, oh, we've got a Rineal. Melissa, tell us about um, tell us about Rineal and what's it's what is it like now only having one leg? <laughs> I was going to say caveat, you cannot mention your leg. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, the leg, it's just just hurting. Just lots of lots of limping and yep. Yep. There's an injury. It's a pretty bad injury. So um yeah. she didn't hear, she hurt her leg <laughs> in the last fight. Oh my god. <laughs> um how and did yeah. you how did you was it against the uh I can't remember. Was it actually against the monster at the end? Was that was the in the tunnels? It was a big bite. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. When she was one V oneing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, didn't she leave, let, let the kid die first? Like that wasn't that was first. Like, yeah, let him well, that's die. how she started one v oneing it. Yeah, it, it started with yeah. like one v three, and then a couple yeah. people died off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very it's like I'm trying to have people behind me in the cave, and and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's tricky. Oh yeah, you couldn't like persuade him. <laughs> oh yeah, no. that's right. You did fail. Like you failed in your leadership. You couldn't. Uh, like you didn't. You didn't exude enough confidence in like command level material for anyone to sort of take you seriously in the fight. I don't know. <laughs> it's a snowshoe accident. <laughs> snowshoe accident. That's great. Uh, okay. Uh, anything else for a renewal before we? Uh, no, move on? I mean that's clearly been the defining okay. feature of uh, Celeste. <laughs> And there are some of your people still lingering, uh, not right by the lake, obviously, but they're a little further east kind of camping. Some of the survivors, because there are survivors from that ranger settlement, the Dunedin settlement that attempted to settle the islets. So so perhaps Arunia will spend some time with them. Who knows? We'll see. And I almost forgot uh, her buckler was broken. And that's going to play here shortly. Oh, it's going to be very exciting. Uh, Yeah, I enjoyed breaking that. That was great. I want to break all your weapons. Uh, and then finally, uh, we've got Erebon. Erebon, or Steven, tell us about Erebon. Erebon is a child of Eru, warden of Eriador, exile of Linden, uh, elf uh, from the uh, western coast. Uh, he, talking about uh, confronting your mortality, that's what this whole uh, adventure has kind of been for him. Uh, it, it's also why he hates the water because the elves, when they're weary and they're 
ready to end their time in the world, they sail out. Uh, and he is terrified of that moment. So getting on the water at all was not fun for him. Uh, he's happy to be back on land. Uh, he's ready to walk around the entire lake. If we need to get to the other side, he will not get back on the water. Uh, he, he's just, he's a land elf. He's not a water elf. He's not a sea elf. There are actually. Uh, yeah, he's not one of them though. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, wasn't it? Didn't I say it was like when you guys were when you guys were like circumventing? And I'm like, you know, the easiest way across is just like mm-hmm. two points to a straight line. So what you're saying is, is that the next adventure shouldn't go towards the Gulf of Loon or anything like that, or we couldn't, do, we shouldn't do like a sea adventure out in the the Great Sea of Belize. Erebon would have to sit out on that one, <laughs> <laughs> or or go down, or, or just take a nice little boat ride down the Baranduin, the Brandywine. Okay, so that's no. All right. Fair enough. Hard pass. Fair enough. All right, so let's dive into the summary then, and then we will engage in our fellowship phase. So last time around, uh, we started off when you were were on uh, an island by the name of The Last Stand, one of the various shadow islets in the middle of Lake Evendim. Uh, Floy had decided he was going to build some rafts to help ferry the Dunedain survivors off uh, off the island, Um, and you guys are sort of trying to put together a plan. Uh, but before you were able to kind of get that plan off during the night, uh, the doom of Nainuiao, that big creature, that big uh, sort of amphibious creature attacked. And um, unfortunately during this attack, it, it yes, it injured Arineal, but it also killed Seregdor and another one or two of those, uh, those Dunedain. Everyone started to flee, get on boats, rafts, headed off in different directions to different, to different shores of the lake. Uh, you all in Mudan and a stray Dunedain child named Leothor, you all escaped to the north coast over by Eskerdale. And uh, while you were there, I think at a certain point you actually tried to look for a little while for other folks but couldn't really find them immediately. Uh, eventually, you met with Demelza uh, inside the cove where the, the elven ship had been hidden. Uh, and you kind of tried to work together a plan to deal with Reynald's treachery. You learned that he was leaving the town at night for reasons, and you decided to follow him. And that's when you discovered that he was like kind of meeting with and harboring two hill folk uh, from Rudauer in this uh, this other this kind of hidden behind this uh, kind of mini waterfall uh, on the western side of the lake. And you kind of listened in for a bit. Eventually, you let him leave. And then you confronted the hill folk, uh, where you learned that they, um, you learned that most of the hill folk and Mudan's sister had died while uh, exploring Anuminas. Like there were these drowned wraiths that were attacking them along the way, and only a few people survived, including these two. Uh, they they fled. They recovered some artifacts. Um, they did confirm that they knew who Lottie was, uh, a name that you all are familiar with now. Uh, but they didn't really get into any of the secrets. You all didn't really press them too much either. Um, and you actually let them leave with all the treasures and artifacts that they had discovered. So they took it and they left. Uh, so it was actually a fairly, uh, fairly polite exchange, surprisingly. Um, however, one of the things I think Floyd was who noticed is that one of those hill folk was actually wearing similar, some like kind of gear or set up similar to his own armor, at least that same kind of sort of darkened mithril chain, like hidden beneath the guy's furs. Uh, eventually, 
Uh, Demelza was able to convince some other hill folk to come and kind of hear their testimony before they left. And she also convinced them uh, like to expose Reynald. And we kind of montage the end of it. But effectively, by the end, Eskerdale seemed to be convinced that the party that you all weren't to blame for everything that befell the lake. Uh, and you were able to find out that some of the other Dunedain who had fled from those islands in the middle of the lake had also survived. So you were kind of reunite them. They had set up a camp well to the east of the lake, nowhere near the shore, so as not to tempt fate. Um, and you all were very exhausted and wounded, and you decided for the fellowship phase that we're going to stay. Uh, we're going to stay here for a few weeks. So let's do it, right? Uh, so let's dig into fellowship phase rules because it's been a little while. Uh, right. So let me pull that up. Let me have my notes up. We had played for a very long time. We calculate our fellowship points, adventure points, or excuse me, our skill points, adventuring points slightly differently than uh, the way it's written in the book because we do it kind of by hour since we have like variable stream times. So you all accrued 16 uh, skill points and 16 adventuring points to spend, which is a decent amount. Some of you had uh, other points that were held over. Uh, so there's a handful of steps that you take in the fellowship phase. You got a set duration. I'm going to say two to three weeks uh, is probably how long this will this will last. We already chose our destination. We're going to hang out in Eskerdale. Uh, and now we're going to start performing updates and then we're going to choose our undertakings. And so what we like to do as a way to sort of flesh this out and have a little bit more fun in that kind of a downtime session is as we're performing updates, we're kind of describing in these little interlude scenes how or why like the updates that you took for your extra skill points or proficiency points or new virtues or anything like or rewards, how they actually come into play. So this could be about sort of trying to apply a lesson learned from the experiences you just had in the adventuring phase. It could be kind of an exchange or, you know, interaction with some other NPC or, or the, the environment, something like that. So we just do our little own little training montage here. Uh, so these little small little role-playing blip, uh, blips. So uh, spending experience points, you can spend it on training and growth. So skill points go towards increasing your, your actual skill points. Um, and then there is growth, uh, which is the adventuring points, which you can spend in either wisdom or valor. Uh, remember, you can only spend on one of those uh, per per fellowship phase. Um, you don't have to again. You don't have to save. You don't have to spend everything right off the bat. You can kind of save stuff if you want to carry it over to next time. Remember that when you get a new valor rank, that allows you to get a new reward, which is a buff to an item. If you get a new wisdom rank, that allows you to get a new virtue. Uh, and since everyone, and once you get to wisdom two, uh, you can actually start picking from cultural virtues and, and not just like the general virtues. Uh, and uh, also combat proficiencies could be purchased with uh, adventuring points. So is anybody ready uh, maybe to kind of describe one of the upgrades that you performed, updates you performed, and kind of how it worked for you? Anybody want to give us one? Uh, yeah, I could. All right, yeah, go for it, man. Uh, so Erebon, being so frightened of the water... Uh, wants to sort of understand it a little bit more uh, without actually going near it. So he's going to spend a lot of time uh, during this fellowship. Uh, every morning he'd be waking up early and he'd be going to the uh, the shores of Lake Evendim 
and just uh, doing a variation of his elvish elvish meditation, uh, specifically focusing uh, on his surroundings. Uh, he wants to be able to hyper focus on the sound of each wave coming in. Uh, if there's a squirrel moving in the trees, fish underneath the water, uh, everything he can just to try and raise his awareness of his surroundings. Why don't you actually go ahead and roll an awareness test with the upgrade? Go ahead and put the extra point in and then give us a roll. Gandalf. Extraordinary success. So as you're sitting here meditating, kind of listening to the wind, feeling the wind, the sprinkle of like a splash of the lake as it you know, kicks against the stones and the rocks and kind of right gently against your skin almost. You you do, in fact, hear the sounds of the, the tide kind of coming in, lapping against the water. You hear a distant bird call. And then as your eyes open, you notice a few other things. You see that there's, and it, you know, well away from where you're sitting, uh, kind of keeping their distance from you. It looks like there's several fisher folk from Eskerdale that are working the shore. None of them seem to be in boats, as you've learned that there's kind of, uh, they're holding off on fishing the lake in boats and they're sticking to the shore. So you see them with nets and things like that, throwing them out, pulling them in, throwing them out, pulling them in. Uh, you see them scouring along the shoreline, looking for any other things that might be of use. And as the sun sort of sets one day, uh, as you're repeating this probably over the course of several days, uh, more than once you, you actually notice something drifting here and there through the mist as you see, which would have probably been imperceptible to anybody else, a great distance from where you're at. The very slight disruption of the mist and the fog that obscures most of the lake. You see a dark sail just kind of cut through and then get enveloped by the fog once more. So a couple times this probably happens where you see this kind of faint shadow. Sometimes maybe you think it's it's just your imagination, but by the end of this meditation phase, you're confident that you've seen at least once that dark sail once more. It would look similar to the same dark sails we've seen before. Exactly. Uh, as well as focusing on awareness, I will be pondering more on how death sails these waters. Okay. Uh, next, who wants to describe one of your updates? You have to do all of them at once. We can kind of rotate around, keep everyone involved. So who's next? Thank you for those bits, Stanley and Fargo. Um, Gilly uh, was working on her stealth skills. No. Um, specifically because when her and Mudan were running from um, the doom um, and she panicked and um, was worried that they weren't hidden well enough and so she tried to hide them again and it just was worse. So she spends her time kind of um, on a more practical sense of just going out um, and seeing with like with her surroundings, like where could you hide? Kind of like pre-planning, um, 
based on the environment and just figuring out ways to also improve those makeshift um, hidden spots and locations. We could even say that maybe Mudan goes with you from time to time as he's been reeling pretty heavily because he's mm-hmm. alone now. His uh, his only family he's learned, Rimdahl, has, has passed. And more than once as you're trying to almost almost kind of play games to some degree, sneaking out, because you remember that Eskerdale has those high platforms in the trees that are slightly obscured. When you look up, you could, you know, unless you know what to look for, you, you don't really see them. And they can kind of track when people come and go or are moving about in the forest near where the village is. And maybe a couple times you kind of, you sort of spot him moving about as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, you work on, you know, you work on ways in which you can hide better. He can probably give you some advice for how to better camouflage yourself or blend in with certain elements of the terrain. And yeah, and doing so probably helps a bit with him because he's he's still sort of talking. But you can tell, like, over the course of the days in which this is happening, mm-hmm. like he's you can tell like a level of a level of sadness and melancholy has certainly weighed him down a bit. Like you're not sure if he's sleeping and you're not even sure if he ever even goes back to the village at any point. And days where both of us are in maybe like a better mood. That's like when we get like the children in the town involved and we play more of like a game of hide and seek Mm -hmm. instead of like a more practical thing. Yeah. And then get like the kids involved. Yeah, there's definitely the first few days, there's some reticence on the, you know, the parents of the children to let them go anywhere away or outside of the protections of the village. Uh, mm-hmm. But as the days pass and there's no more sightings of that lake creature by any of the fisher folk who are braving the lakeshore uh, more and more, like people are kind of spreading out. You can tell that there's been a lot of like hunter groups that have been moving off to the north. Uh, as opposed to like as many fisher folk going down to the lake and and after a certain point they kind of allow some of their children some of the younger folk and maybe even some of the parents kind of come along with and uh, it's still a very interesting experience for a lot of these kids seeing you you know mm-hmm. these are these are this is a very insular village that doesn't really get a lot of passers by and those they do tend to be doing a date you know, so you see human folk kind of coming and going. And so it is sort of peculiar uh, for them. Uh, and it takes some time for some of the children to really believe that you are, in fact, an adult. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it doesn't necessarily work. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, Floy or Arineal, do you have uh, an update you want to give us? Uh, yeah. So... As I said a little bit earlier, um, one of the things that happened to Arineal during the last adventuring phase is that uh, her buckler was broken. And technically, according to the rules of the game, like if you have war gear and it gets broken, you should be able to get it for free or close to free, you know, kind of next time you're in, you know, like a settlement or something like that. So I thought about doing that. um, But then when I was looking into kind of the cultural virtues, I decided that I was going to just go with that. So... um, what I picked up instead, or what I'm going to describe picking up, was the endurance of the ranger. Um, and so, basically, what that is is if you have a armor suit of armor or no armor at all, and carry no shield, you can never gain fatigue during a journey. And so, since this is ranger specific, I would seek out other rangers to um, sure. kind of 
learn about this. Yeah, it's, I mean, of all the people who have been spending time in Eskerdale, you have certainly been the subject of the most, you know, side-eyed glances, even after all of the heroics and everything that's kind of befallen you, like they're still somewhat unsettled. It's a complicated history and relationship that Eskerdale has with its, you know, with, with ranger folk who come by. And it's hard for all of them to just immediately dismiss some of the prejudices they might have. Um, but fortunately there's, there's all, so maybe that like kind of leads you outside of Eskerdale mm-hmm. from time, like wandering the woods a little bit, maybe with Gilly or down to the shore with Erebon. But you do recall that, I mean, there were multiple boats that kind of scattered out towards the shore of Lake Evendim. And maybe we see like a couple montages of a renewal moving up and down the shore, looking for other signs of survivors. And you also know that those survivors that you did already find had, they've set up a camp to the east a bit, a ways from the lake, you know, several miles away from the lake. So as not to mm-hmm. tempt any sort of fate. It's a it's a difficult time as you know you when you visit them there's a, you know 10 12 people who are kind of camping out and they're very low on supplies maybe you even deliver some supplies mm-hmm. from Eskerdale uh, an elderly man uh, nearly blind named Orafin is the one ha- who seems to have taken up leadership reluctantly and you know when he speaks to you he he speaks from a guy who who's just like this is this is not something he wanted and so maybe like just being amongst them you know you don't really see shields amongst them much at all and there's training being done with some of the younger folks that are probably training a bit too young than they should they should be playing with gilly and uh and the children of eskerdale but they can't especially of what they just saw and and maybe that time amongst them has kind of allowed you to to embrace the kind of Dunedain culture in a way that maybe you resist to some degree. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like that. Um, And just kind of seeing, because I think it's been, um, you know, kind of a crutch of like kind of always knowing that it's there. And so that idea of like really kind of embracing um, her um, distinctive feature of bold Mm -hmm. that I think, you know, kind of playing into that even more that like, not having the shield you're going to do this without the shield and that's really what being bold is going to be fantastic fantastic do you you know i would say that you know this 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 man orphan you can tell is of of advanced age like you can tell that he is not you know he is he certainly has it's not just like an older man in his 70s or 80s, but he's older <laughs> for, for Dunedain, which is a significantly longer life. So he kind of carries a certain wisdom to him. You can see like it oozing out of like the crinkles and the creases in his forehead. Um, so, you know, he tells you some tales of his ranging exploits, you know, and the, the lone lands to the north, times as he spent in Rudauer here and there on the edge of Angmar as well. So maybe you share some some war stories uh, and it kind of allows for a little bit of bonding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I okay. would share what we've done recently as well. Sure. Uh, chat, you are uh, awesome. Uh, thank you so much. We are oh at like level three hype train. Uh, there's You're going to have to go back and count all that stuff up, Melissa, and add it to the yes, total. Yes, I am. There's stuff uh, in there for you too. Too old to Twitch, Crippler, Farkadev, 
Uh, oh, I got one for me. Okay, yeah. keep track of that. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spring it on you during the fellowship phase, but I'm, I'm putting that in my back pocket for sure. Um, Floy, you got one of these update montage stories you want to give us? Yeah, I do. Uh, this one's we focus on crafting here. So, all the days we spent in the water, all our gear, our weapons, probably gathered maybe salty, not salty, but rust soaking and and sort of worn a bit absolutely yeah for sure. so i'll spend time on everyone's gear just like make it a little bit better than it used to be every yeah. new sword comes a little okay. swifter to swing gilly's bow a little easier to pull uh airborne spear the tip just pierces much more easily all right uh, I love that. I love that. And there are crafters, uh, definitely among Eskerdale. There, there are people. There are self-sustaining people. And your old pal Suko, who, although he was friend of of uh, Reynald, he also was sort of got the wool pulled over his eyes to some degree. Um, but he's known to have, you know, he's he's a fairly competent smith. Most of their most of their weaponry. Uh, is is made from wood or from stone uh, so you can see there's mostly stone axes and stuff but there's some metal that, that you can see like some ore that they've crafted but they're not extensive smith uh, but you're able to with some of like their sharpening stones and equipment which is nowhere near as good as like the halls of the dwarves that you would use uh, and maybe over the course of that time you have like this little exchange between the two of you where you're able to teach him some things about you know, how to better balance certain weapons. And he's able to teach you some of these kind of the old ways, you know, maybe, maybe the fancy techniques and the equipment that you have, uh, back in the blue mountains, uh, has almost made it too easy on you. And the older ways, the more kind of down to earth ways that these, these folks have. To basics. Yeah. And a little bit, um, they are especially capable at with spears they seem very very good uh they have fishing spears hunting spears they have warrior spears they have kind of mixtures of everything uh and so they're able to kind of help maybe with the the kind of the haft of the spear itself making sure they're reinforced giving you kind of you know better wood uh, that might kind of make up some uh some of the spear uh spears that you're that you might all have because i think a few people have spears um but okay uh, any other update scenes that we want to do? What else do we have? New skill points, new rewards. Uh, yeah, so the other piece, uh, so I had three updates total, and so the other one, because um, I had banked some adventure points, uh, so the other one for me was upgrading uh, combat proficiencies with swords from a two to a three. Okay. So, well, it turns out that that Orifin is a very capable swordsman. And although he's he's older and probably not as quick, uh, and certainly his his sight has long since failed him. Uh but he he's there's a there's sort of a a craftiness to them. So, he's able to perhaps give you some advice here and there or observe some of your practicing. Uh, maybe there's sparring going on. Maybe you're helping with some of the tutelage of these these young yeah. ranger children that are yeah. forced into adulthood too soon. Yeah, and yeah, and you're able to 
kind of find ways now, especially since you're also sort of training to use without the buckler, like without that kind of extra bit of defense. And so it maybe frees up some of your movements even more. Your offhand being a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit freer to do certain things. Grab the, you know, grab the sort of two hands more frequently and more complex movements. Uh, sure. Okay. I like it. Um, other people. What do we got? I've got one more yeah, for adventuring for points wise. I think I'm yeah. grabbing a virtue. This time it'll be a dwarven one. Ooh, very nice. So, What'd you pick? Yes. So these weeks that so we're in Escardale, I'll head out to the woods nearby caves. Just go hunting. Haven't really uh, had any combat recently. So I'll go hunting for wargs or whatever those beasts that were out here last thing. Sure. And pretty much in the distance, people hear the echoes of a cry. Mm-hmm. Baruch Hazdad. It's out in the distance. All it's, right. Uh, I picked up the secret tongue of the dwarves, treasure of the past, yet their battle cry is well known. Mm-hmm. So it's once per combat, I'm able to, when I'm fighting a forward stance, I can make an attack roll at favored, and I can use the intimidate combat task as a secondary action. Oh, that's Ooh. awesome. That's that's nice. fantastic. Very cool. Yeah, you guys don't use intimidate often, uh, but it's actually a really useful technique from like a mechanical standpoint for how it like functions with like NPC stat blocks. Some of people are immune to it, but like like strategically, it can be very very useful. Um, now there are hills to the west, the hills of Evendim, and there are caves, there are hidden streams and tributaries that seem to flow out of the lake of uh, Lake Evendem kind of westward into Loon you know that kind of to the west of Lake Evendem uh, there are all these uh, streams and stuff could be also possibly where that that elvish boat came from uh, kind of through these hidden paths and you're also able to find these hidden caves as well um, you're unable to track down those those wargs but you are warned as you leave about there are some bears that have been appearing of late more and more. You even saw, I think, a pair yourself. Mm-hmm. And so you're able to... They're very fierce. Uh, and especially if you kind of go seeking them out uh, in some other caves here and there. And especially during this time of the season. Uh, but yeah, you're able to do it. And maybe it's just the notion of like being back amongst the earth of like the hills themselves. Not enough of this forest and this lake stuff. Let's get back into hills, as closest things to mountains that you have. And even when you're on the, the hills of Evendim, you look off to the west and you can see the blue mountains at a great distance. Maybe a bit of home, longing for home maybe takes over a little bit. Uh, but you can see them at a great distance. Uh, all right, I'm looking forward to that. Nice. I like how you looked up the the charger. Charger, nice, nice, nice. It's good. Uh, all right, who's next? It's uh, two more for a renewal. It's two for a renewal and Floy. One for Gilly and Erebon. Anything else? Um. Oh, you want to go, Steven? No, go ahead. Okay. So Gilly also, aside from working on her stealth, started working on her bow skills. So I went from two pips to three pips. Um. And she started to seek out the Dunedain settlement um, after Floy kind of like made her bow easier to string. And um, she definitely wanted to check in on Leothor uh, and, and the rest of the survivors. And I guess probably came across them, the children training. 
mm-hmm. um, maybe they were doing like um, like archery practice or something, and Gilly sure. decided to join. Yeah, they have these short bows. They're not very long. They're probably constructed in, at a size that might be useful for you as well. Because uh, even the ones like like that Arineal probably carries is probably a little, little bit too big and too strong for you to kind of pull back and a little too awkward for Floyd to use. Uh, but some of the ones they have here are much smaller, like these small little hunting bows here and there. And yeah, the children are doing it. And they're also very, very good at it. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you can see that they've probably been at this even, you know, even before they've had to train more heavily than they are now. There's a lot of talk as you're over here, like this this fretting and concern. Um, you know, some of them are, are missing their, their families. Others are concerned about where to go. The few adults that are left are sort of arguing over where to go next like where will they settle uh like this was this was sort of a kind of a wild attempt at doing something different and they're kind of going through some options and so you can tell you know amongst the kids that you're you're training with here and some of the lessons that you're getting that there is a great bit of trepidation about the future and about where they should go and a lot of them like you can tell like despair might even be setting in into a few of them and there's not a whole lot of laughter that seems to be overtaking them. Uh, Erebon. So uh, I really didn't increase much uh, this time. It was just my awareness and my wisdom. And I think the wisdom would kind of fold into when I was meditating on the shores. I would have been contemplating my mortality, the mortality of those around me the mortality of those I knew before I was exiled, uh, that kind of thing. And as the fellowship phase goes on, uh, you all probably would have noticed that Erebon would be becoming more and more melancholic uh, without even more, yeah, without uh, something to focus on, to drive towards. He kind of starts to spiral a bit. He gets into his own head. Uh, and each time he comes back from these morning meditations, he's kind of in a worse and worse mood. And then as the day goes on, he'll, he'll lighten up a little bit, but then he continually wakes up every morning, goes out, meditates, uh, gets in his own head again. It's just a vicious cycle. Do maybe the the names from that elvish, um, sort of elvish memorial you found amongst the circle of the woods, like in your, on your way here which would now have been weeks ago, like, do they start to weigh on you at all? As you think about like that idea of mortality and about this, you know, 13 elves uh, who passed, this Dunedain who passed. A little bit. He, he definitely would still be ensuring to remember those names. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, since they seem to have died honorably, sure. Uh, he, he's not as concerned about it as he is with his own upcoming possibility of death. Uh, and then, of course, the name that weighs on him the most is Balavan. Yeah, of course. One of those nights, one of those days, you know, when you're getting ready to come back in, maybe you overstay a bit, the sun goes down fully, it gets dark, you let the melancholy kind of wrap over you like a cloak. And whether it really happens or whether it's in your head, that same kind of strange whispering that you periodically hear from time to time just begins to sort of waft in from the fog and the mist of the lake 
sort of, you see almost like, it's almost this, like these tendrils of mist and shadow begin to creep up the shore. And when you open your eyes to look, you can see that they've kind of coiled around your leg or your arm. And then with your eyes now open, they just retreat back like smoke being blown away. The whispering dies down once more. And you can peer off and you can see in the vague distance, again, one of those dark shadows moving across like a touch of the twilight from the sky, just ever so slightly giving a, a glow on a sail in the, in the distance. Right. So, anybody... One more. Okay, yeah, please. Uh, so I had banked up some experience points. So I've spent both sets of experience points. So for skills, I think um, what I'm going to do, because um, I hadn't really decided exactly what I wanted to do, but I think hanging out with uh, Orifin and the Rangers... I think what I want to do is get another um, kind of level up with my explore. So I'm thinking especially kind of that like using all of your senses kind of a thing. Um, really kind of getting out there and um, kind of trying to get better with exploring the area like around the lake and kind of taking okay. in any lessons that I can from Morphin and the other rangers. Absolutely. Maybe you continue to task yourself. We just build on what before you continue to explore the shores of the lake. Maybe you're gone for several days. Like you actually haven't seen some of your compatriots for a few days as you do like this personal ranging as you're exploring almost solo or maybe with a partner uh, left over from the survivors looking for more. You find like residue from a, a broken raft or uh, or what looks like you know, some of the supplies washing up on the shore that were discarded on the islets and didn't quite make it back. Roll a explore test. And I'm no longer weary or wounded, right? Before. I yeah, always... you can clear that stuff. Yeah. Right. Just want to. For the roll, I mean, we'll, we'll go over specifically what you're going to get in terms of hope points and stuff back. Right. I'm going to take all my endurance back. Yeah, that's fine. You can max your endurance out. Everyone can do that as well. Right. Sorry, what am I rolling? Uh, roll and explore. You just rolled explore. Test. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Automatic success. 11. Okay. Yeah, maybe you travel south a ways. And, you know, one night as you're, you're settling in for camp, you're... You can see in the distance, like the Western Tower of Anuminus peeking up from the fog. You can see the twilight moonlight coming down. That's just giving it just the faintest glow. That's really the only bit of the ruins that you can see, especially at a distance. As you're, as you're resting, as you're kind of camping out for the night, you hear the sounds of shuffling nearby. And you hear from like somewhere you can't quite you can't quite point to where it's almost all around you. You just hear a a voice kind of just call out. You just hear Hawk. You realize that like 
it's like a call response, like they're waiting for you to say something. You just hear, Hawk! I'll just, uh, not knowing what to say, I will just echo the call. You would know that that would not, like, call response, like, someone says one thing and then you have to say, it's like thunder lightning. It's not thunder thunder. It's like usually you say something different. I don't know what the response is. You should just say something and see what happens. Or, uh... Or do riddle. You can roll riddle if you want. (laughs) Me and my zero riddle. (laughs) It's an Eye of Sauron. By the way. Sauron. (laughs) <laughs> Sauron, yeah. Uh, yeah, you you wait and you wait, and eventually the voice goes away. You start working your way back the next day towards the towards where the ranger camp is. You camp out for the night once more. The same thing happens. A voice comes up in the shadows, and it kind of echoes around you. It just hawk. And at a certain point. As you're like looking around, trying to gaze uh, into uh, into the darkness, you see the silhouette of a person. You can see them that they're kind of soldierly. They have armor, glint of metal here or there. What looks like kind of a you're not sure if it's a a spear or if it's like a a banner, like a flagman or something. But you see that there's like somebody just standing in the shadows. You can't make out their face, just like this vague glint of armor. And when you like your eyes kind of wean, you know, wean down and they're like kind of looking off and you hear just the call once more, Hawk. Cries, calls. This is the sure. problem when it's Melissa. <laughs> she does not like to. She does not like to improv something. Like, uh, yeah, I'll just that that works. I'll just say, uh, <laughs> uh, cries. Okay. You see this. Uh, you see this individual slowly move forward, and they look just just like a normal man can see kind of a long face looks like hasn't shaved for a few days they sit down at the fire next to you you know and they kind of well first they would probably look at it and wait for your ascent and just sort of sit down at the fire next to you who are you they don't really respond but as you look over like their equipment like there's you see that same like a a sort of a similar sigil that you have on your helm appearing on their armor they don't have a helm like yours theirs is much more sort of plain yours is more ornate you know that you have that special silver crown that kind of wraps around it theirs is very much the same but without that silvery band around it you would probably peg this as like they have like Arnorian, like it's Arnor, you know the the so the sigil of Arnor. You can see the the armor itself. They've looks like they've been in battle. They look they look worn. Their eyes look sunken. They look tired, exhausted even, and they're just sitting at the fire next to you. 
As you're watching, you realize that they don't seem to be casting like a shadow, like the flickering of the flame. Like, doesn't seem to throw any kind of shadow from where they're sitting onto the earth. What? What battle did you just take your leave from? Still no response. They don't really seem to kind of like interact with you. They're just sort of sitting down. And at a certain point, you see they, they with a start, like they look up at you, their eyes, like these piercing blue eyes, just staring at you right in the face and kind of gets up and then they fumble and then they go down to a knee. So they dig their knee into the ground and they kind of do this bow in front of you. And as you see that, as they do that with their hand kind of coming down to their forearm, it's crossing over their knee. You see, they just kind of fade away until they're no longer seen. So I, I am assuming that they see my helm hmm? and are misunderstanding who I am. That would be a fair conclusion. Okay. And I can. Okay. All right. So you make it back to the camp, sort of whether you share or not share is up to you, but you make it back to your camp and eventually meet up with your, your compatriots. Uh, does anybody else have any more or are we moving past the update phase? I'm all out. Okay. Let's do spiritual recovery. So spiritual recovery is you automatically recover a number of hope points equal to your heart score. Uh, so you can go ahead and do that right now. That's not the right song. Sorry. Okay. Uh, and then if your adventuring face was a positive outcome in the fight against the encroaching shadow, you get to remove some shadow points. It's usually one to three. It's up to the lore master, depending upon how noteworthy your accomplishments were. Um, I would say that you did not defeat this lake monster. Uh, you did, however, um, kind of unearth some treachery in a town. But you also didn't actually prevent the hill folk from leaving with all their artifacts and everything. So I would honestly say one. You can get one back. That was the honorable thing to do, though. It really might be the honorable thing, but I'm not sure if it was it the right keep thing. Back the shadow. That's yes. Like, Jokes on you, thing. Jeff. I can only <laughs> remove one anyways because I'm an elf. <laughs> can I remove all my shadow by taking the scar? Uh, you can always, uh, yeah, you can take a shadow scar. I can't remember if it's the shadow scar only can be taken during an adventuring phase. I know, oh, a, I know right. about of madness can, but I can't remember about shadow scars. Darn it! I, that's the last two times I've cleared it toward the very end and had zero to clear when we got to the fellowship. Oh, mm. I need to learn my lesson and not do that. It's we not like we've been playing this game for twenty three episodes. Or anything. <laughs> no. Yeah, near whiff, quite frankly. <laughs> I didn't really want to say it, but <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. We almost, we almost died. You're not wrong. Uh, okay, so that's a spiritual recovery. And let's do our undertakings. So this is a regular fellowship phase. So that means you get to choose uh, one single undertaking from like all of them. 
And then also you get a second undertaking that's only amongst those that you all, based upon your callings, might have access to. So, um, so let's just go through some of the options you have access to. So there's Gather Rumors. Uh, that is free to wardens, which uh, that is what I think Erebon is, right? Erebon, you're a warden, warden right? Okay, I'm so like, so you can either choose this as the normal undertaking or like the free undertaking. And that's where I have to provide you a rumor useful to your adventures. It could be about an individual, a place, or a coming event. You're welcome to inquire directly about something, or I can select it, so it's up to you. Uh, there's meet with the patron. None of you are messengers, so you don't get this for free. So if you wanted to do this, um, it has to be... I don't think it would really make sense here, as uh, Balan is not near this random remote Eskardalian village. Strength and Fellowship, which is free to captains... Uh, but we don't have a captain, so if you wanted to do this, you would have to select it. So this is ra- this raises the fellowship rating by plus one until the next fellowship phase, which means you would have uh, more fellowship die to work with. Uh, and this would require you all to sort of narrate a bonding experience, spending quality time, etc. Uh, ponder storied and figured maps, which would be free to scholars because of Gilly, which means you would essentially look at some maps or... Uh, some some ranging that either the rangers that you've met or the Escardalians might have. So you can either do this as your normal cho- choice or as the free choice. Uh, study magical items is free to treasure hunters, which Floyd would give the, the group for free if that's what you wanted. Or you can take it like normal. This is where you would learn all there is to be discovered about the quality of the marvelous artifacts and wondrous items that you have in your possession. And you do actually have two. Uh, you can write a song, which Arineal would give you for free because she is a champion. And you choose between Lay, Song of Victory, or a, uh, a Walking Song, which would give you bonuses to the three different phases. So either Council, Combat, or Journey. Uh, and then the other ones are all uh, Yule only. So uh, let's um, uh, throw it to you all. What do you want to do? What's What are our undertakings here? We just get one. You get one get from to- any of those, and then you get a second one, but it's only from the what, undertakings our, that your callings give it. you free access to. Uh, I'd say one for the study magical items to give two. Okay, so you and can either... That one's do the th- treasure hunter, so we could do that as our mm-hmm. uh, as exclusive one. one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. okay. All right. All right, and do you have an idea of what your second one might be? I think um, we were talking either the rumors or the strength and fellowship, right? Yeah. I'm kind of leaning more towards strength and fellowship. What about you guys? Yeah, especially since Arineal spent like all of the first time like by herself and with her ranger people. Now she's like cool to come back and hang I'm good with everybody. So g- gather rumors would be really good too, but like I don't know. Up to you all. Floy, what are you thinking? Hmm. I'm not much of a fellowship user, but if you guys need the point. <laughs> He's so cocky. Go through it fast, though, He's so co- he doesn't use fellowship points and he doesn't use hope. <laughs> He's just the cockiest son of a gun. Oh, that's great. I was just thinking more of the sense of like we're trauma bonded after this horrific event. Sure. It makes sense. It's pretty terrible. It was, it was awful. It was very, very terrible. Yeah, Sorry. I'm good with our fellowship. It was good. I had one nightmare about okay, so Gilly strength- dying. That's going to be a sad day when that happens. I'm going to cry. We don't really see uh, hobbits dying. No. 
So that's something that we're going to break ground on that. <laughs> I hope not. It's going to cause all sorts of PTSD. Not. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Let's start. Uh, do we want? Do you, do you guys have an idea for the shrinking of the fellowship? I, I can do the items first if you want. While you brainstorm some bonding experiences to RP out. Let's do that. Okay. So you. So let's 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 dig into this. And so. Let's go in. Let's go in the. Let's go in the order in which you acquired them. So last, last adventuring phase, you all came across uh, an armband. Uh, I'm not sure if you recall this when you were way up in the, in the mountains uh, around Angmar. Uh, that's with the Rotag stuff. You came across a, a, a an armband. Which who is carrying it? I have it. Okay, so. One of the things you notice, Floyd, like, and you notice this originally. So this just to remind everybody, it's a, it's metal, it's a metal armband. It's got these intricate runes, and they're all enlaced with these small, dark blue sapphires. Very small, very faint. It was kind of grimy. You had to kind of clean it up a bit, but once done, it was just phenomenally uh, made. Like you can tell, it was both. It's both beautiful, and the craftsmanship, Floyd, is is surpasses your own. Like there's like this is made by people who have dedicated lives generations to this craft there's something that was always kind of bugging you and maybe even Erebon too if you ever shared it with Erebon is that it's clearly elvish in design but there are all these very curious flourishes that Floyd you are without without any uncertainty it's dwarven like you can tell, there's elements in it that are clearly dwarven. Erebon, you probably would clearly elven at the same time. And as you kind of start like working through it, maybe by looking, you know, and kind of sharing it with some of the ranger folk, especially Orifin, uh, the elder man who has to kind of wipe away grime in his eyes, and you can see like the cataracts and this sort of uh, fogginess that's overtaking, uh, overtaking his eyes a bit. But he's able to. Uh, with some kind of, like, looks like a prism that he holds up to his eye to kind of get a better look at it. And he explains that, Well, you are both correct. It is, it is certainly has elements of both of your, your cultures. My, uh, my conclusion is that is likely of a Regian make. If you notice here, these are certainly dwarvish in influence and the sturdiness of it all, but also uh, your people's tendency for um, bigger and and stronger and better. But if you look here, there's also a sense of um, grace. Now, there is truly... uh, one conclusion that whoever made this was either an elvish maker who created it in partnership with a dwarf or a dwarf who made it in partnership with an elf. Such closeness would likely have only come oh, an age ago. Uh, perhaps your young scholar friend uh, 
kind of looks over at Gilly, and Gilly, this is unfamiliar to you, but it's probably is piquing your interest as he kind of gives you this mm-hmm. history lessons. She's like, making so, notes. Read this oh, later. Sure. <laughs> and like share it with Oswald when you get back. Mm-hmm. Such closeness would likely have come oh, an age ago when friendship between the elvish community and Austin Edhill and the dwarves and Casa Doom was high. There was a society of crafters who grew under the leadership of one of your folk, Erebon. Kellum Brimbor. Perhaps you have heard the name. Perhaps. Of course. There's not enough that hasn't. Yes. Yes. Perhaps the greatest craftsman in the history of Middle-earth itself. The people were known as the Gwaith, Imiadan, the people of the jewelsmiths. This is a very marvelous artifact indeed. A truly, truly mesmerizing find. It was made at a time in which strife between your peoples was not yet where it unfortunately has risen today. So he kind of gently hands it back over to Floy, and like you all can obviously decide what you want to do with it. But you realize that, you know, as as like the, the history is explained to you and and one of you or both of you or whoever else kind of puts your hands on it you maybe kind of try it on even like there is you almost feel like something kind of course through you this it's, it's I'm not sure if it's magical or if it's just this sort of sense of pride uh, but this is uh, the effect of this is that it, uh, it affects the awareness skill it grants 2d6 when using the skill to detect danger and it also allows the player to achieve a magical success whenever whenever you use it. It's almost like the lingering bit of Angmar cold kind of courses through the skin uh, whenever you uh, are kind of looking, kind of scanning the horizon for signs of the black sails or signs for bear tracks or war tracks or whatever it might be. But that is the, that is the armband of the Mirdan. I'll go ahead and give you access to it on foundry now any questions no it's pretty cool yeah but you should yeah, see how it much could we pawn it for <laughs> <laughs> that's a floy <laughs> oh, question draws his blade stumbles around like an old man <laughs> i will run you through uh, okay uh the other one more recently interestingly enough that these two happen at the same time uh, ruby pendant on a chain of silver and as you produce it in sort of the, maybe the same conversation as you're all are camping out probably by these Dunedain and and you can see that Orofin seems almost kind of taken aback by this and he's like what what is how you you have found both of these artifacts were they together no this pendant we found in the ruins in the islands of Lake Evendom oh you can see he just sort of the the receding hairline he kind of scratches away at his 
forehead gets cre- you know creased even more and he kind of scratches away at the small stubbles of, of white hair that adorn his chin. You can tell right here the mark. And he points, he holds up the pendant and he points like on the back side of where the ruby is caught within you know the facet. And then he points to the armband and you can say these were made by the same jewel smiths. You can see the mark right here. Uh, this was also of the same people and of a similar age, which makes the finding of these two separate places with separate folk very curious. You found it within the ruins of an honor noble. How it, how it made its way into their possession, I, I cannot say. My descendants of Arthur Dane or Honor, perhaps, discovered it. Maybe it was a gift. I know not. But uh, the stones themselves, yeah, are ovular. And you can see as he kind of picks up this the stack of stones that the children have and they've been kind of playing with and they're all of these like lake stones these they're ovular and they're smooth almost like egg-like in their shape and they're extraordinarily smooth and they have these little kind of striations almost like they're marbled and you've seen some of these along the lake especially you Arabon, if you've spent time at the lake shore in meditation and as he kind of holds one up and he holds up the pendant the ruby has like the identical shape and smoothness to it, suggesting that whoever worked this 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 gem into this this kind of shape was uh, was extraordinarily gifted. Um, this one uh, is uh, going is a marvelous artifact uh, as well. This one affects the courtesy skill, uh, as it seems to have kind of has a, a noble setting to it. It looks you kind of you wear it along your. You know, you know, down across your chest, and it kind of exudes this level of um, of grace and beauty. It grants two d six when using the skill during introductions and negotiations, and allows the player to achieve a magical success. Uh, this one we're just going to call the Twilight Ruby, and I will now make that available in the Marvelous Artifacts folder on on a uh, Foundry. So all of them are in there. I, I have like the benign version that's just jeweled armband and ruby pendant. And then I have the actual version with stats and stuff in right. it. So who uh, who is taking this stuff? Who uses courtesy? It's a gilly Billy? thing. I, I have so. three and it's favored. I think Airbond's okay. awareness is strong. Give me the armband. Uh, I'm... I could use it, but it might be overkill too because I, I'm favored and have three pips in it. Then what's Ooh. your courtesy at? My courtesy is at zero, but it'll <laughs> stay at zero because. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I would encourage is uh, who would it make sense story-wise to take these things, character-wise? Yeah. That's the other thing to consider, like. I was. Or I would else. have been. I would have been a little like sad face if any of you were wearing garg, you know, Argalip's helm, except for Ereniel. Like that would be kind <laughs> of right, like, right. What the hell are you? Why is a dwarf wearing this 
you know, ex-king of Arner. <laughs> you know, so like that's the other thing to consider. And I think you can justify it in some way. Like everyone can potentially justify having this. So it's just a question of who, who wants it. Maybe we trade Airbon and me. Uh, it's both Elvish and Dwarf make. We they both are. Yeah, both take a, an artifact. And I do have one courtesy, and that definitely would help you. Like, because uh, I my courtesy is favored. Oh wow! Does anyone have weak awareness? It's pretty weak as well. I mean, you can keep the courtesy, and I can keep the ban. No, I, I don't want the courtesy, but I'm not sure if I need the awareness. But I'll take it if no one else is really dying for it. Um, I think we yeah. kind of want everyone to at least have one magical artifact. All right, I'll take it all, guys. Just give it. To- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they all have one. You're the only one I think who doesn't have one, Erebon. So yeah, should, but I- you should definitely take one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the awareness. Erebon doesn't like you. to collect stuff. He's got a frugal lifestyle, so it's okay. It, it, he'll take the armband begrudgingly, okay. uh, against his will. He's holding on to it until one of you needs it. Orifin puts a blade to and, your throat. Take the armband. Yeah. <laughs> and Gilly uh, Floyd, just, like, he'll give you the Twilight Ruby. Snaps right. it on your wrist. Like, here you go. This looks beautiful. Okay. So Erebon takes the armband uh, and Floyd, you take the Twilight Ruby. Is that right? I got the Ruby. Okay. That's Gilly's certainly... got the pearl, right? Yeah. Gilly still has a pearl. And then you have the helm. Yeah. And, and Floyd's got beard, the armor. Yeah, he's got the armor with his beautiful beard and his <laughs> fancy clothes. And now he has this beautiful pendant. Which you probably had time to wash and clean and bathe yourself and such. Like, it's, you don't have to just use the lake. There's plenty of those streams. Like I was saying, there's all these different these different streams and like this little... Erebon would recommend not using the lake because the monster's still there and he keeps seeing <laughs> these ghosts on the water. So <laughs> do not bathe in that lake. Ghosts okay. on the water. So, uh, all right. So that was that was study magical items. One of your undertakings. The other one you said was going to be strength and fellowship. So, what do what do we do? What's our bonding experience for the four of you to strengthen the fellowship? What does this look like? That's a good question. We were supposed to be thinking about that, but we were you listening were. to the discussion of the artifacts and didn't think about it at all. Sorry, this one I like to embellish necessarily... everything with one ring. I'm sorry. This I can't just say, necessary. "Here's your magical items." I got to like, no. Here's a scene with a story about. It. I'm sorry. It's fantastic. I'm sorry. Melissa. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I'll just give you an ex- Excel spreadsheet next time. <laughs> so this one isn't for all of us necessarily, but like when Gilly was training with the kids, and they brought forth the concerns of like where are they gonna go. I like to think Gilly would bring up those concerns to Arunial to see if she has any ideas of like, is there any way that we could help them? And Arunial would, um, um, so to Gilly, um, you you also have some some maps from Oswald, yes? Uh, I I do, but I mean, where where would they go? Well, I think. Do you know of a place? I, I think um, in kind of the, the time that I spent, I, I haven't, and she'll kind of think over the last like week or so that she was spending with uh, Orphan and the other rangers. And I'm just going to point to a spot on the map, Jeff. I have no idea what 
the accuracy is, but she'll describe a, a place that's um, off a bit to the northeast of where they are. That sounds oh. like a. Perhaps also... we could. Go ahead, Gilly. Perhaps we could put them in touch with Talendo. I think that's a that's a that's a great idea. He may be able to tell them more specifically where to avoid might be the safer bit of information mm-hmm. for them, that there are many options of where they could go, but perhaps if they knew where they should um, avoid in their travels, that would save them some of the mm-hmm. issues that we've come across. So northeast of here would probably not be good as mm-hmm. you're you're getting into, um, I mean, that's over by Fornost, and then there's also, you were just basically threatened not to send people to the north. Like to, to stay away from the lands of Rudar and like the, the these lone lands, like and so like so there is that. That just but, makes me want to go even more. <laughs> Although maybe not sending these people there. Like yeah. Maybe we go there, but not them. But we as you take the kids with us, as you're as you're <laughs> discussing this, Orphan will say, well, "It's just good that you have um, brought this up, my new friends. We have." discuss this amongst our number and we have um, we have a plan we would we would certainly appreciate your assistance if you could but if not we understand your time is valuable there is a ranger haven far to the east of here uh, near the angle itself and I'll, I'll ping that for you guys. Uh, so, I'm not sure if you can see it, but it's way to the east of here. If you look east on the map of the last bridge, uh, so if you take the Great East Road to the east, down towards the angle mm. in there, uh, that is kind of where he's talking about. And, you know, as he... Sort of, I mean, I'm not sure if you have maps on you, Gilly, as you're going through some things, but he says, yes... There's, um, there's a settlement there, Haven, at the very least. Um, we are quite weary, injured. We are elderly and young. We have nary a warrior amongst us who can testify to, well, let me just say we've lost all our strongest I've been ruminating a bit, Renil, on the stories you have shared of your time near Engman. Perhaps that is what sparked my memory, this old man's memory. There is a place near the angle called Earthad Kaleen. It's a ruins of a castle. Close to the Ranger Haven to where we will soon set out. Well, the legends hold that when the men of Angmar swept down during the war with the Witch King, the ruler that was put in place there was named the Lord of Nightmares. He was entrusted with a magic ring by the Witch-King of Angmar, rumors suggest that it was, was allowing him to send forth his spirit and enter the minds of 
sleeping enemies, stealing their secrets, sowing terror. And the armies of Gondor reinforced the armies of Eriador, of Honor, of Arthedain, and Cardolan. Gondor crushed the castle. However, the stories say that the Lord of Nightmare's body was never found. It has been some time since I have been to the Ranger Haven near the Engle, but I recall as a young man tales that Lord still walks the land as a ring white feeding on the dreams of passers-by. And yet, here you all, having traveled to Ingmar, bearing the news of a new evil stirring there. Perhaps this is much like the discovery of two treasures of a region. Fated somehow. But you have helped us beyond measure already, and I uh, would be hesitant to ask you for more. But that is our plan, whether you choose to accompany us or not. We can certainly discuss that. I don't think we've decided quite just yet what our next steps will be, but... Of course, we will... We are still recovering our strength. We will leave within a fortnight. We have spoken with the people of Eskadale, and we have come to an understanding, and they have agreed to lend us some supplies for our journey. But we still need time to recover. Are any of the families here in Eskadale planning to join you? No. No, they would not. I'm not sure how their uh, presence would be taken. The, the haven is for line of Dunedain. Small it might be. They have their own own place to live. I'm sure if any of them might be planning to relocate and stop somewhere along the way, but we will consider. We have not had as personable a connection with any of them as you have. We have spoken with Demelza, and she has agreed to aid us in supplies. Beyond that, we have not pressed for more. If any of them wish to accompany us, of course, they would be welcome to travel. Thank you for this information. We will speak again before you head out. Yes, of course. So, I think that's it for the fellowship phase. We have hit everything, I believe. So we've done, we spent our experience points. Uh, we have uh, performed our updates, spiritual recovery, undertaken. So we've done everything. Did we do together. our, what are we doing together as a group? Uh, that's what you guys were just describing, like talking amongst. That's that's how it was described to me, and it's sort of. Oh, like, I was it just saying, seemed like a natural transition into talking. Was, about. was fatigue handled in this at all? Uh, fatigue, you don't need to worry about that because it's just endurance. So, like, you're essentially resting, and so you can reset your endurance. Uh, but do we get 
rid of the like oh travel your travel fatigue? fatigue yeah yeah you yeah, travel fatigue. okay mm-hmm. okay so fatigue goes down to zero mm-hmm. and does treasure just get out to load so or- treasure uh you can remember that you can add it to your treasure score and remember that there are different cutoffs for the various um standards of living and that if you mm-hmm. meet a new standard of living that increases the number of useful items that you can carry with you Remember that useful items are items that actually give you a bonus die on a specific skill for a specific application. So, uh, so yeah, I think you all divvied it up, uh, and you should have, you should at this point you should take the number that's in the treasure item in your inventory and convert mm-hmm. that to your treasure score, and then reset your treasure item to zero. Ed wants close to the next tier. I could give him treasure. What? I, what? Where are the tiers? Uh, I think I have a handout. Let me look. Let's see. Standard of living. Yep, there is one. So I'll share it with you. I got it. Yeah. Go. I'm nowhere close. Yeah, me either. So I got to get that I'm treasure. One eleven right now. Getting there. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> moving up pretty fast. His treasure hunter. He's doing treasure? his job. Hundred eleven. Oh gosh, I have sixteen treasure. You're a ranger. Oh. You don't do this for treasure. Come on now. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Clearly, still. I've got six. Long. If it makes you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys did get rid of some. There was a bunch of treasure wow. I was giving you, and you're all like, "We're not going to take it all." So, like, you guys have. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. We were yeah. weary. This, these are the choices we make. You want to go back out treasure to the weary. <laughs> so, Floy, you get three items. Three useful yeah, items. Yeah, he's got I start off props, prosperous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, his backpack is <laughs> overflowing. <laughs> <Fancy pants here. laughs> All right. So, yeah, convert your treasure item to your treasure score. Reset your item to zero for the new adventure phase that we're going to undertake soon and go from there. So, was there more that you're going to do to your, for your bonding experience that we were going to see? Yeah, I think that was just our discussion with the kids. Okay. They were nervous about where to go next. Yeah, we take turns making some sort of dinner or meal for the knights. Oh, okay. I've got a barrel of cheese brewing up, so I'll offer that to them. Dude, I wonder if this is <laughs> as livestock, because maybe that's where I got my milk. Okay. I mean, I mean, that's great. They have some, yeah, they certainly have animals, so like, sure. And yeah, I would say they probably have goats. But can fully afford like, it. Hey, guys. Just, <laughs> just, 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 just being so cheap. No, I do like that. It's a dude. With the <laughs> uh, yeah, have, okay. Like, dinners where we spend time together uh, discussing nice. our plans. Yeah, getting to know each other. Pretty good at hunting, so she, I would imagine she would make some sort of like a stew. Like, I would do some hunting and make up like a stew for her night. Mm hmm. Erebon would uh, make everyone salads, uh, but there's really not much in the way of vegetation around here, so it would just be kind of grassy. <laughs> but just, it would be a vegetarian meal. It's just a plate of greens. Just yeah, yeah. Just greens. A couple vegetables there, like they have potatoes, but he didn't want to serve those because we've been eating so many. So there's like berries and just a few greens. Too many on there. carbs. Gilly's go-to is just like a solid stew. Okay. Okay. There's fish stew, 
I mean, Floy mm-hmm. killed a bear. Have some bear stew. Yeah. You go. I imagine okay. Floyd was eating leftovers during my meal. And like, one of the things Gilly does is she takes the time, uh, if they have any, to like, I don't know, create us like our own, I guess, like symbol for like a friendship symbol or like our group symbol, like for our band. Bracelets. Our company. And um, she'll like sew it if we have like a cloak or a shirt into the, if if they allow me to. Sure. That's fine. I'm not going to say no. To I changed like creative. the name that I typed or that I wrote on Steven's face, depending on the day, like who you feeling today. Practice writing in Elvish. So as you have these meals and as you, you do this over the course of a few days, maybe a week, like the last week of your stay, probably took about three weeks off or so, something like that to kind of get your footing back underneath you. You all, uh, I should say, we'll start with Floy. Floy, you have trouble sleeping. It begins maybe two weeks, maybe a week and a half or so after the events on the lake. You start having these nightmares. And they're they're really disorienting at first as there's like this first person view it's like you're viewing it from your own eyes moving about it's it's but it it, it feels wrong you have the the armband on maybe you take it off as you as you lie down or maybe you sleep with it whatever it might be but You've had on your mind, perhaps, this notion of elves and dwarves, elves and dwarves, by the lessons you've been learning from Orofins. He's regaled you with details that he has of Eric, uh, of Eregion. But you see yourself in these dreams. You are fighting elves. You have an axe, a sword, your bare hands. Elves left and right, you're fighting them. You can see them charging at you out of trees along along these streams. You can feel yourself like and your legs burning as you're like being chased through woods, fighting at the mouth of a cave and cutting an elf down in front of you, and then descending into this cave and winding through this sort of circuitous path and you you start to realize that there's like like it's not just the sounds of like dwarves that are calling out along the, you know along with the sort of like screams of pain and such but you hear something else like just in the background and it's a familiar sound you hear it all the time when you go home to the halls of the dwarves you hear it when you're in Bree or in Coom. When you're near blacksmiths, the sounds of of a hammer hammering down onto an anvil, folding metal, getting an axe blade ready, getting a sword blade ready. And as you're like getting chased through these woods, along these streams, wading through them. You can feel, like, the coolness of the water on your legs as you sleep. With each tink, there's, like, a slight disruption in the images that you're seeing in this dream. As for a moment, you just see, like, 
blurring from the sides of your eyes, this just intense white. And you see this quick glimpse. It's like momentary of the shadow. Stocky, wide, you know, wide shoulder. You can tell that has kind of a broad chest to them, just swinging this blacksmith hammer over and over. And the tink, and the tink keeps coming. All the while, interspersed, you're, you've got this like chase sequence. And you can see around you the these faceless dwarves, kind of their features blurred away to the point where they're unrecognizable as the lot of you are like being chased by these elves. Whenever skirmishes happen, you cut a few down, they cut a few of yours down. The dwarves get smaller and smaller in number. Until finally, like, your entire dream is just sort of overtaken by the darkness of this tunnel that you've managed to crawl your way into. And just before you wake up, all you see now is just this black shadow that just encompasses your entire vision and that echo of that blacksmith tink over and over and over again. When you wake in the morning, you feel absolutely out of sorts. You know, you feel a sense of irritation, even a nausea feel kind of wafts over you a bit. The rest of you, after, you know, a day or two of noticing Floyd and kind of these, you can see him, his mood has kind of darkened a bit. But then you start having these dreams. First it's Erebon, then it's Gilly, then it's Arineal, and all of you to some degree, and like your dreams are kind of plagued by it a bit. Yours are far less intense. You can still see like the battle happening here and there. The You can definitely distinguish in your mind the fighting of dwarves and elves, like the pure violence, the brutality, the swiftness of elvish arrows and blades, the, the just ability for dwarves to kind of close in upon a singular enemy. You start hearing stories from others, like whispers of like strange dreams are starting to befall. And you can tell that the Eskridalians are starting to talk about it once more as well. Like this idea of like something's something's going around, something's bothering them all. What do you all do with this? Uh, Reniel's been having some kind of interesting discussions with Orphan lately about like lore and different things like that. So I think she might ask him if he has any insight to bear, especially since, you know, he was discussing with the other two about the history. Uh, what What is it you tell him? Like, what kind of... What is it you say that you've seen? What is it you're trying to, like, get from him? Like, just tell me what it is you say. Uh, basically, just what I've seen in, in the dreams. You know, so first it's sort of just a, a sharing, kind of comparing notes. Like, this is what I've seen in my dreams. Are you having the same dreams? 
Uh, I mean, he does certainly... Yeah, he does certainly talk about, like, having disturbing dreams of late. He used to be beset by, you know, dreams of fallen comrades that would come and speak to him in in the night and kind of keep him up longer than he means to, and... But as you start kind of giving him, filling out the details, what he has is vague. Like, he he's just the sort of the images of battle in some way. Nothing about, like, the tinking of a, of a blacksmith or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when you, you kind of beseech him, you talk about him, you fill it in with other details, um, he does say, I... I am not a, a scholar in my own right. I am just an aged man who has heard many a story. But I, I do remember there was a time where great violence occurred between them. You should have your dwarvish friends speak to his the scholars in his holes about the dwarves of Nogrod and Belagos have your elvish friend Erebon speak with his his elders as well much of the hatred and mistrust that exists today between their people's stems from the trail that was long, long ago. The very items that you showed me that your friends now bear, long before that even, Eregion, the jewel smiths, the peace that existed, between Austin Edhill and Khazad Doom was a bit of a, a calm and a storm that started long before. But I am, I am but a man. I have walked this land to me what seems like a long while, but there are others who have walked since the beginning, since ages past, and I am but an infant to them. There are halls, annals, books, journals, songs that carry with them history that might point more to this than I can offer. But at least I have given you a direction. Thank you, old man. I appreciate your old man. Wisdom. Don't take that tone with me, young lady. And he chuckles at that. As the days go by, you can tell, like, it gets worse for you, Floyd, to the point you're just feeling like an irritation kind of overtakes you to some degree. And you can also see like the 
those strange glances that you would get when you first arrived uh, in Eskerdale, some are starting to return. Now, Demelza, Mudan, Tsuko, all of these others that you've come to know a little bit better, none of them seem to turn on you, but like, and you can tell that there's not this upswell. But when, when, when you look out of this, the side of your eyes, you can sometimes catch a few pairs of eyes kind of looking in your direction. And then when you suddenly lock eyes with them, Floy, or even Gilly, or Erebon, or Vinyl, they suddenly dart away. Something kind of, you can see that the inner workings are happening. Like there's something happening here that's beginning to not undo some of the peace that has been done, because it seems everyone is in good states with one another, but certainly sour some of the goodwill and some of the good moods that have kind of overtaken the solace and the melancholy that's been kind of happening over the last few weeks. Question. Yeah. Uh, didn't, when we find that thing, didn't uh, Erebon, like, feel like a dark energy exuding from it? Find what thing? The pendant. Uh, no. He was just sort of, that was just me saying, this is interesting. You know, like, no, no oh, there was nothing, okay, there was no okay, sort okay. of dark interesting. It was just me trying to distinguish, like, regular jewels from something of, of interest. You like them or not? Maybe welcome here for long. Would, uh, Erebon is having similar dreams, like with the elves and the dwarves fighting, right? Yeah. So first of all, he he's starting to think he's losing it because he's seeing these shadows creep up on him uh, when he's at the lake shore. He's seeing the ghosts in the mist, uh, and now he's getting these crazy dreams. Uh, would I be able to make a lore test and know if like any of these events like line up with the history I was taught uh, growing up or anything like Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Yes. Go right ahead. Gandalf. Gandalf again. It wow. sounds... It saved me because I had Nate. I mean, from... It's... I mean, it's... It's ancient history. It's nothing recent. I mean, like, you're not that old for an elf, to be honest. Uh, and... It is ancient history. Like, you've heard stories of... I mean, you've heard stories of Nogrod, you've heard stories of Pelagos, these dwarvish communities. You've heard of the elves of Osirian, you've heard of the Battle of Sarnathrad, uh, the Battle of the Thousand Caves, the time in which betrayal between, like there was a betrayal, like the dwarves betrayed the elves. And the specifics of which have probably you know been lost to some degree but these battles sound certainly familiar um like you've you've learned of them and you know that it had something to do with the dwarves themselves sort of desiring some of the treasures of elves uh i won't get more specific than that and the dwarves kind of turning, old this time. Yeah, dwarves kind of turning on the elves. 
killing some and absconding with it. Elves were able to sort of track them down and exact a certain amount of revenge. And so, like, between the Battle of Sarn Athrad and the Battle of the Thousand Caves, those are sort of the two... If you had had, if you had, had to have had to guess from what you're seeing, some of what you've learned might involve that. Uh, but you would probably need uh, to consult with some of the, the lore keepers of, of, your, of your people. Erebon would just be especially... Uh hurt with Floy as of late uh, as these dreams begin uh, to progress sins um, of the father and all that would Gilly be able to do like a riddle roll or something to see if it coincides with when they started wearing these artifacts uh, you know, you don't need a roll for that. Uh, no, it, it doesn't. I would say that there's, for Floy, definitely the, probably those, these, these dreams took place prior to sort of uncovering them and stuff. No, I would say it seems suspicious, but at the same time, I'm not sure if Erebon, do you share anything of that with, with, with anybody? Like what you were thinking about, like what you just rolled your lore on? Is uh, that, or do you keep it to yourself? I don't think I would bring it up in conversation but if other people mention they're having dreams as well yeah. then I would like go along with it so I guess that's on the rest of you okay yeah I bring it back not sleeping well these dreams haunt me yeah mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. you definitely see rings under each of your eyes as all of you are looking you know tireder and tireder Floyd probably even worse than anybody well, of course you're not sleeping well dwarf what, what does yes, that uh, mean That means as he says, ancestral guilt haunts him. And like Gilly's just like does an awkward like, uh, okay. And that's when she's like, but I finished everyone's cloaks, and here we've got the new (laughs) group symbol. (laughs) We're best friends now, so maybe you should calm down. (laughs) Just kidding. He remembers the misdeeds of his people, and they haunt me as well. The Sack of Doriath, the Battle of a Thousand Caves, the elves turn. The elves were nothing but friendly and giving and gracious with the dwarves. The dwarves turned on the elves they took advantage of our generosity and caused massive amounts of bloodshed sins of my forefathers so no too well why they've done it could learn more if we head to the hills to the west So, uh, Gilly, like, you, I don't think it makes sense that a Bree Hobbit would have a ton of knowledge of, like, First Age and Second Age stuff. A lot of this is, is like, probably before like, the type of information you would have access to. But 
we'll say that you have been picking up things. You know, you've been picking mm-hmm. up things here and there from like Orifin, from Erebon, from Floy, from all these other folks that you've encountered uh, due to Dean here and there. No. Uh, Oswald to some degree, but his he seems to be more of like an expert on like Arner and Arthedain mm. and that kind of stuff, which is, again, that's third age stuff. Like Angmar, yeah. that's all third age stuff. Aregion, that's to the east. That's over by the Misty Mountains. That's second age stuff. You know, like in terms of like first age, second age, third age, I'm not sure exactly how much that's delineated in the history books of Middle Earth, so to speak, or whether it's just for us, like looking in, like in a meta perspective. But the events that Harabon's talking about here, like... You know, if you sort of consult others here or there, like, it's not the same. It predates it. It's before the breaking of the world and all sorts of other things. Like, there's a long time ago. Like, like it, it, it's ancient It's ancient history to ancient history. Like, it, like that's how long mm-hmm. ago it is. So, like, we're talking, like, deep into the past. And these are these are almost, like, they almost come across as folk tales more than they come across as, as history lessons. And, and the idea of passing that knowledge down what details might have been lost and that is hard to say. And again, none of you uh, you know, are of an age in which like you lived at the time or none of you have necessarily dedicated yourselves to like the the annals and scholar of, you know, scholarly work of of elves, you know, tracking the history of their people or dwarves the same way. So, Floyd's not wrong. Like this is the type of thing where the information might exist, but it likely exists in the halls of the dwarves, or it likely exists in the people of Linden, or of Mithlond, or um, of Lothlorien, or uh, of Rivendell, or something like that. You need to seek it out. Rivendell's close to the angle. It's far to the east, yeah. Yeah. And you would know that you actually, you, the, the pearl you have is... Uh, the, the Lord of Rivendell, Elrond, mm-hmm. that's his that's his wife's mm-hmm. Celebrion. One day, while you all are sort of discussing this and you're moving through Eskerdale, kind of picking up supplies for for your your friends at the Ranger camp. It's late in the day. But still, there's enough time, maybe an hour before sundown, to, to maybe hustle back to the ranger camp, where a commotion suddenly undergoes the, the village itself. Doesn't seem to be directly related to you all, but you hear like a shout, like someone sort of like calling out for help. Uh, you you see up in the trees, the platforms where the lookouts are. There's uh, there are definitely suddenly there's movement and you can see them drawing bows and looking out, but then kind of closing them down and they shout down like incoming someone here. And when everyone kind of huddles around near the gates, you see they kind of push open those camouflaged gates of, of briar and brush. And you see one of, uh, one of the, you know, an Eskardal, uh, hunter, um, kind of pushing through, you you recognize them from when you were when you were first when you first arrived. It was actually Erebon who was the woman Errol, who was sort of very respectful of your spear. You can see that she is kind of clothed in hunter gear. You know, she's got 
what looks like furs and kind of colors that might blend in with the tree and the brush. But that's not what draws people's attention. It's the fact that she's carrying something over her shoulders, much like someone would carry an elk that was just hunted and kind of dressed and and carried back. That maybe you saw Floyd bring the carcass of a bear back like. Instead, it's an individual. It's a person. And more than that, Erebon, it is an elf. And they and she is carrying them in. You see Demelza kind of rush up, kind of questioning. You see others as well. People are calling for her as well. Okay, you rush up and you see an elf, um, dark hair. You can immediately tell like the sort of the gentle, graceful features, the pointed ears. Uh, everything that you it's, it's very easily identified you can tell immediately that they have suffered some severe wounds and no no role required just yet but you can tell that it looks like they have been almost chewed upon you can see their entire torso their clothing their robes have been sort of ripped and you can see it looks like the flesh has been kind of rended in some fashion. But you also can tell that there is some kind of discoloration to the wounds. It's not just mere wounds, but there is like this sickening black and like dark purple and kind of like a tealish color that begins to radiate outward and away from some of these wounds on the face and the arms. Roll a healing test if you would like. Uh, if Immediately else... yelling for Gilly as well. Yeah. I don't know sure. where she is or how far she is. You yeah, all were she's... in town. so yeah. yeah, she'll come up. Okay. Uh, Gilly, you can roll a heal test as well. That's a sorrow. Um... Do I recognize the elf? Oh, also Sauron. Wow. Oh, Do you yeah, recognize the elf? You do, yeah. If you, yes, you can retroactively do. do it. We haven't really done the rolls. You can you can use them. It's fine. Go. You can just just roll it extra. Don't re-roll. Just roll that whatever die you wanted to add. Add it to your total. Uh, high or low, Stephen? Low. Well, I'm taking two. Okay. It's a one. Yes. You recognize? I would have you said no. <laughs> you recognize, and you'll have to tell me why or how you recognize them. But you recognize a woman by the uh, excuse. Yeah, a woman by the name of Mendir. Or is it? Yeah, Mendir. How do you spell that? M-E-N-D-I-R. Uh, Linden Elf? Indeed. Uh, absolutely. A uh, bit older than I am? I would agree with that as well. Of decent age, uh... Not not one of the you know, the ancient elves or anything like that, but but certainly older than you. Uh predates the war with Angmar probably from two to three thousand years old, something like that. From the early born somewhere in the beginning of the third age, maybe. Single success, Jeff. Okay. You could tell. I'll tell you this. Um they are alive. She is definitely alive. And you can tell she is racked with pain. And her eyes are fluttering and kind of back in the sockets. You can tell that there's what looks like bloodshot 
kind of moving in the, in the, in the sclera of the eye. You can tell that the wounds are infected with something, but you're not sure what. You recall the time in which Floy nearly died after suffering the terrible wounds from the creature in Rudaur. This looks different, somewhat. Also looking at the wounds, there's two kinds. One, you can certainly tell that there are bite wounds and claw marks, these sort of brutal, animalistic wounds. But you can also tell there are weapon slashes, the kind from a sword of some kind. As the two of you uh, in probably Demelza or, or, you know, and, and, Ar- and Errol are there, and Errol is trying to debrief Demelza while this is all happening, the two of you bend down and, and are helping. You hear, like, she, the, the elf tries to talk, but you can tell that she's pained and, and not there and, and, and confused. And you hear her say, Good at. And then you can see she just kind of like loses consciousness. And then she comes back out again, says a few kind of nonsense words. It killed them. And she kind of dips back down as every time she talks, like a spittle of blood kind of comes up in her mouth and kind of tricks out the side. And you're doing what you can, Gilly. She's alive, but you can tell that the wounds are enough to certainly be lethal if not taken care of mm-hmm. but the other this infection is also seeming to kind of course through her and is, is also infecting her in some way and uh, I would turn to the woman who brought her in uh, and grab her by the shoulders where did you find her to the north uh, Erebon, I, I, I found her and she was stumbling through the brush and I thought at first it was one of those those Rudau people having returned but it was not, I got closer and There were no others? I did not see, she, she mentioned others, but I did not see any others, I am sorry I looked, but I thought it best to return here as fast as I could to get her help that was a good call. I, I grit my teeth, and then you were right. That was the correct choice. I can I can bring you there. It is half a day. A few hours. Yes. I've been carrying yes. her. I've been carrying her, but I, we, can, we can return. It will be dark by the time we return, but I, I can take you there. Gilly, do what you can for her. I, 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 I don't, she's infected. There's a poison. I don't, I don't know what the poison is. And, and, uh, and Gilly will go ahead and whoever, whatever villagers are nearby, uh, try and get her taken to like, if they have like a healing area. Yeah. And they say it's, it's the old woman. It's Corliss. It's the woman who mm-hmm. foretold the doom. She's <laughs> yeah. the heal woman. She's so they say, take, take it to Corliss's hut. Uh, and if you, if you go along with like, Corliss will sort of do the same thing you will and mm-hmm. she will look at you and you know and, and she's you can tell that she's still kind of got that askance view at you all as well but 
there's a person here. They are very, very injured. And she says, mm-hmm. it, is, it is amazing that she has not perished already. Her wounds are enough to have killed her. She is strong. I could heal these wounds. But whatever is coursing through her body is beyond my skill to heal, I am afraid. She needs other medicine. Or perhaps she is strong enough to sustain and recover on her own. I cannot say. I am sorry. I will clean and stitch. I will apply postices to help with infection. But this looks... Whatever... Whatever made these wounds... This is vile indeed. Do you, do you need my assistance? No, little hobbit. I do not. Thank you. Be with your people. I shall Thank call you. for you if I need aid. Thank you. And uh, Gilly will go back to where Erebon is, okay. and hopefully Floy and Arenial are there. We should... You've left her? It seems. Corliss, Corliss is is doing what she can, but she needs she needs better healing. I, I with what we have access to here is is not not enough. Are is there anywhere else nearby with 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 Elvish healing? You there is nowhere the until the Grey Havens. Yeah, we're, exactly. We are in the yeah. wilderness. It seems that our our efforts would be better spent uh, going back and seeing who else we can find. Um, Herbon, roll a lore test, but take a minus one penalty die to this. Uh, we do have extras to spend if you want to make that up. There is perhaps, uh, 17. There is perhaps one place that's closer, but it's not much closer. Um, and the journey might be difficult, and there's no guarantee of what you'll find when you there when you're there. But you know that there is um there was a settlement of elves or a small group, I should not settlement's an overstatement. Uh, Tindalin towards like uh, towards the old forest, but again, it's it's almost equidistant to the Grey Havens. It, it, it might even be better to go. You're not you're not sure. That's the only other place that you can think of within kind of close distance. Uh, it's not on the map, but I did I, I pinged where it might be. Whether and again, it's it's sort of you're unsure of the state of that place. It's been some time since you've traveled past there. What about just like maybe not just elvish healing, but healing in general? Like, is there a place I would know of, Jeff? No, there's nowhere close to here. He's not wrong. Okay. You're you're in the middle of nowhere, north of Enaminas. Good gosh. So, sometime, like as as like 
people are debriefing. So like you're like, we'll say, because everything that just happened in terms of you trying to help her, you bring her to Corliss, that takes like a little bit of time. There's then Errol is kind of speaking with Demelza, speaking with Erebon. They're pulling out some of the maps they have and she's trying to like kind of map out as the, as like the sun sets and darkness comes and kind of mapping out exactly where it's at. Maybe Arineal, you are um, maybe one of the rangers are kind of consulting with some of the area they might know. Floy, we'll say this is maybe two hours or more since the sort of the arrival of this commotion. And Floy, maybe you're the last of the people who don't necessarily have a specific thing to do. And it's definitely caused a stir in the village and people are starting to whisper again. You're hearing the, the notion of doom, of ill fortune. It's kind of popping up. Your, your ears are kind of prickling here and there. They're burning to some degree. You hear conversation though as somebody else has returned. One of the fisher folk has returned and they have like this sort of these buckets of fish and kind of coming back and you can say that like you hear this 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 person kind of adding to this conversation about first this happened, first it was the nightmares, the dreams, and now an elvish woman arrives injured. Are the, are the dwarves fighting them? Dwarves and elves warring in our forest? What What is befalling our place? Our, our place of peace and recluse? And then this fisher says, if that is not that is not all, my friends, I, there is something foul on the waters once more. I, I was on the shore. I was on the reach as Demelza had a had ordered us to. I did not take the boats into the water, but I was there. And I saw a ship on the water. An ashen ship, grey, with dark sails. I saw... I saw the boat pulled to shore by the broken dock where the stone giants stare skyward. There is a figure. I thought it was shadow and dirt flickering about but no it was a person a man woman I could not tell and there were two large creatures that looked like wolves there were others as well strange armor some on the shore with this figure and these wolves Others on the ship itself, which docked. They carried a captive, bound and beaten. I, I hid. I am not ashamed to say I hid. I felt a sickness in me. I felt, I felt my breakfast come up from my stomach. And into my throat, I saw the dirt in front of me writhe and worms come up from the soil. 
I saw a bird fall from the sky. These are ill omens. They they brought the the captive onto the boat. The figure, the wolves, the armored folk. And they sailed into the mist. And that's where we're going to end tonight. And we'll pick up on uh, all these. These are called hooks, dude. Yeah. Okay. Right on. So, all right. So let's go close that down. All right. So, yeah, that's where we're going to end tonight. Steve and I have another game later. It's one of the reasons why they're ending early. I also didn't want to end with giving them options. Yeah. Um, yeah. We are, uh, unfortunately, we're going to be off for the next two weeks for One Ring, uh, which sucks. Uh, but I wanted to make sure we ended before we committed to one of these. So you can all think about which one of these yeah. hooks that you want to kind of tug on. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can kind of put that together. Um, but yeah, so we've got a lot of little things. We've got these dreams. We've got these uh, these rangers wanting to go. And there's something about a Lord of Nightmares. We've got this... Uh, We've got this bit uh, with these the ships. We've got a, a an elvish woman injured. Speaking of Curden and Palantir and Elastirian. Uh so yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Um, but we'll do that in a couple weeks. Uh, so yeah, we'll be back. The ninth. Is it the ninth? Yeah, we won't be back to One Ring until the ninth of July. Uh, so uh, sorry. But uh, yeah, we've gone to next two next two Saturdays. Um, let's see, what do we got going on tonight? In about uh, two hours, you can catch uh, Stephen and I over on Grim and Perilous Place as we are going to be playing some Heart tomorrow night. Uh, we'll also be over on Steam Steel Murder playing some Shadowrun. Uh, Monday, Melissa and I will be back here uh, playing uh, Holler. And next Friday, I think you can catch all of us here uh, as we're going to do some mothership, I think, next Friday as well. Yes. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so that's what we got coming up in the next week. Uh, and then Melissa and I are going to be gone for about a week. And then we'll be back with uh, with more fun stuff uh, after that. So uh, thank you to everyone who hung out. Uh, thank you for all the bits that you all threw out to get the hype train going in the beginning. Uh, for those of you who are watching this later on YouTube, we really do appreciate uh, you catching it there or on Twitch VOD or anything like that. Uh, we definitely appreciate the support that you've been showing our One Ring show. Uh, we uh, we have some interesting paths to figure out for our next adventuring phase as we have some options uh, laid out in front of us. Okay. Uh, so with that in mind, I'm going to go ahead and close the stream down. I'm going to go ahead and raid uh, whoever we know who is currently working right now. So it looks like we can do, do Vorpal Tales. So if you guys want to hang tight, follow the raid. Go to Vorpal Tales, watch some more stuff, and then come check me and Steven out in a couple hours on Grim and Perils Place. So, see you, everybody. Bye. Later.